Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Tom C., who is a two-time alumnus of the Walton College, before it was called the Walton College, and uh, he has tremendous experience in the area of real estate and leadership and management. And he personally worked with Sam Walton, uh, but there's a number of things about his journey that are uh, really interesting that we want to talk about. So, Tom, thanks for taking the time to, to visit with me about your experiences and to share with our students and alumni. Well, you're very welcome, and uh, I hope that I, whatever I have to say will be helpful. It's amazing to me, I mean, you were leading real estate for Walmart at a time when it was just growing like crazy. But thinking back to your earlier, the earlier part of your life, I would think you couldn't ever dream that you would be leading such a large organization with such rapid growth. It actually never occurred to me that uh, Walmart would get as big as it became and that I would play an integral part in that. And, uh, you know, I just, I think, uh, I think God prepared me to, to do those things. And so it was just, a, so it was a wonderful opportunity. And, and uh, you know, it was just, I don't know exactly how to express it, but it was not surprising as time went on, but it was something that, uh, you know, I could, I could see how important Walmart was to just the common everyday person that didn't have a lot of disposable income. And, and I really bought into that and wanted to make sure that uh, we were putting stores in, in communities where they really needed the product and the prices that Walmart was able to provide to people. That shows that the values of Walmart really resonated with you somehow. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, Walmart was the retailer and would help people's money to go fur further. So let's, let's back up a second and talk a little bit about when you entered the Walton College, then your time in the military, and then coming back and, and getting your master's degree. <laughs> I, I did graduate from University of Arkansas in 1963 with a, uh, a bachelor in, in business. I majored in marketing, and uh, like a lot of guys, I started out thinking, well, I wanted to uh, be an engineer, and then I found out that uh, the math was probably more difficult than I was qualified for. And then I thought, well, I'll do accounting, and then on uh, the first test, I got an F on it, and uh, and I went up to the professor and I said, what's going on? I said, I was within like three cents. And they said, well, no, that's not good enough. And I said, well, for me, it's good enough to be within a dollar. And he said, that's not good enough for accounting. <laughs> <laughs> so finished the class and uh, switched over to marketing. Weren't so rigorous. They were a little bit more free thinking about how you get things done. <laughs> When I graduated from the university, I, was, I had gone through ROTC, and I was uh, one of the top two guys to uh, graduate that year from ROTC. And 
And so I went, I went regular Army, and I went to Germany for uh, three years. I was with the 14th Armored Cavalry. I resigned because I looked at the, the people and I thought, oh man, the colonels look really old. <laughs> I don't want to look that old when I'm 40. And so uh, I resigned and uh, I got a, a set of orders back sending me to Vietnam. This was 1966. So I went to the United States and I called them up immediately and said, why am I going to Vietnam? I resigned from the Army. I've served my three years. And they said, well, Captain, you, uh, you serve at the pleasure of the president. <laughs> he said, the president wants you to go to Vietnam. So I went to Vietnam. I was a troop commander with the 11th Armored Cavalry. And uh, I resigned from there. And again, they didn't accept it. And, and I went to uh, Fort Knox for, uh, for advanced armor officer training. And, and then I was part of the uh, command and general staff of Fort Knox. And I kept resigning, and finally uh, they said, uh, we're going to let you go. So I got out, and that was, I don't know, 1960. So how many years in total were you? Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so I wound up staying six months longer than if I'd gone to reserve. <laughs> so anyway, then I, I came back to Arkansas, and I, I had a wife and uh, two sons. I had a job with Scott Paper Company down in Dallas, and I kept thinking, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go and be with Scott Paper Company and call on 7-Eleven and stores like that. And I said, I just don't want to do that. So I found a job up there in Bentonville with Cooper Communities. But I figured out that uh, I really wasn't going to go anywhere with the Cooper Communities. Not that they weren't a, a really good company, but what they they preferred to uh, promote people that were members of the family. So I decided that if I was going to do something, I needed to go back and get a master's degree from the university. So I had registered to start in the fall. And uh, so I uh, thought, well, I've got to quit my job at Cooper and I've got to find maybe another job because I asked my wife to put together how much money we'd spent as a family previous year. So she came up with that number and I looked at my GI Bill and looked at the assistantship and I was short. So I knew I was going to have to get a job. And uh, so I'd met Sam Walton once. So I called him up. Walmart had probably, I don't know, 60 stores at that time. Asked to speak to him and he took the phone and I said, I'd like to come in and speak to you. And he said, sure, come on in on Monday. So I went in on Monday. He didn't really know me very much, and, and I didn't know him either. I just knew that if I could get a job there, I would have some employment, but I needed to have it on certain terms. So I went in and uh, I said, I'm going back to the University of Arkansas. I've quit corporate communities. I'm going to get a master's degree. It's going to take me 18 months, you know, and I'll work every Saturday. I'll work every Sunday. I said, I'll, I need, I'll work. 45, 50 hours a week, and uh, will you hire me? And he looked at me, he thought, well, I don't know. And then I put down two pieces of paper, and I said, this is how much money we spent as a family last year. And then I put down this other piece of paper, and I said, this is my GI Bill. This is the assistantship I get from the University of Arkansas. And this is how much these two added together are. And I said, this number is the difference between what I spent last year and how much income I have coming in. And I said, I need you to pay me that much. Will you hire me? <laughs> and 
And he sat back and stroked his chin, looked at me and said, uh, yeah, come with me. We went out to his truck and, uh, and it was kind of old and it had a lot of dog hair in it. I didn't know he was a, a big hunter at that point. So he drove over to Rogers and on the way to Rogers, he was asking me all kinds of questions about who I was, my past experiences, kind of like what we're doing right now. And uh, he was late. So I was telling him, you know, I'd been in the military and all that kind of stuff and what I'd done at Cooper. And, and uh, so we get to the store and, uh, and I can only imagine that Sam was thinking, what does this guy know about retail? What, is, what kind of job could I give him, you know? What? So we get to the store and Clarence Lease is the store manager and, and uh, Sam Stills, Clarence, he said, Clarence, this is uh, Tom C. He's your new hourly associate. He says, and he, everything that I told Sam that I needed and would do, you know, how many hours I'd work, you know, every Saturday, Sunday, and all that kind of stuff. He said all those things to Clarence, and he says, and this is how much I'm going to pay you. I want you to pay him. And it was more than I had asked for. And then he said, I don't know what Tom knows about retail, but he used to be in the Army, so you need to put him in sporting goods. <laughs> you know, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, Sam spent that time between when he said, I'll hire you to drive into Rogers, trying to figure out what he was going to do with me. He was finding out who I was, what my past experiences had been, uh, did I have any leadership skills, you know, and all those kind of things. He was, he was asking questions so he could try to figure it out between the time it took to drive to Bentonville to Rogers uh, to figure out what he was going to do with Tom. And... Uh, and the fact that he remembered everything that I had said that was important to me, it was important to him. And, and he made sure that Clarence understood those things. So kind of what happened was I was in the store. I started in August and left the store in October of the following year. So this was 1973. And... Uh, I was there 15 months in the store. During that time, I went from an hourly associate selling shotguns and fishing lures and all kinds of stuff for cars and garden center to being a department manager, still an hourly, to being an assistant store manager. And I did, did you enjoy it? I was good at what I was doing. The two times they promoted me, I turned them down each time, and I, and I told him, I said, listen, Clarence, I'm focused on getting my master's degree, and each time he'd say, Tom, you don't understand. We keep the same hours you're keeping now. You get to go to school. We're not changing any of that. We're just going to pay you more money, and you're going to have more responsibility. So I said, okay. So I accepted both promotions. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then in October, Jim Walton, Sam's youngest son called me and says, Tom, he says, Dad wants you to come in for an interview to take my job. And I said, well, Jim, what's your job? He says, well, I do the real estate for the company. This was 1974. So I said, Jim, I said, I don't know anything about real estate. He says, well, Dad wants to talk to you. So he said, you just come on in. So 
we go in, I go in, and, and they tell me to sit down on a sofa, and they pull up a couple of hardback chairs, and, and you know, we chit-chat for a while just so Bud gets to know who I am and that kind of stuff, and, and, and then, uh, then they start telling me about real estate, and so I stop them when I say, listen, guys, I said, I don't know anything about real estate. I said, I think you have the wrong man. And they said, no, no. We, we, we. So they kept telling me about it. I said, I really appreciate the fact that y'all would hire me and let me work for Walmart while I'm completing my master's degree. I'll, I'll, I'll be through in December. I'll graduate then. Quite frankly, I said, I think I've got better opportunities than this. And I held my hand out to shake their hands and so I could leave. And instead, they both leaned back in their chairs. They were slapping their legs. They were laughing their heads off. And finally, Sam motions with his hands for me to sit down. So I sit back down. He, he says, Tom, he says, that's not what we're going to pay you. We just wanted to see if you had any steel in your backbone. This was 1974, and Walmart had maybe 70-some-odd stores at that point. You couldn't be sure that Walmart was not going to go bankrupt. None of the major developers, real estate developers, would talk to Walmart. Everything was developer-owned. They were leases. You had to negotiate the lease. I thought, you know, the reason they asked that question, the reason Sam told me we wanted to have to see if you had steel in your backbone, is because I was going to come up against people that were extremely tough. <laughs> And we're going to do everything they could to take advantage of Walmart. And so Sam knew the type of people that he needed for various jobs. And he knew what he needed for a real estate job. So I accepted the job and uh, started working with Jim. Jim would send me out to look at various stores around Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma just to see where the locations were. And when I'd ask questions about the leases, because I'd never done a lease before, say, here, go to the file, pull a lease out. He says, start reading it. And then I'd ask questions, and he'd answer questions, and, and then he left. So there I am in January sitting in my office going, ooh, I've got to, I've got to put stores in because I've got to get stores that will open in 1976. How do I pick a town? I had no idea. I didn't have anybody I reported to. So I thought, well, who can I ask? And uh, the only person I knew that had experience in putting in stores was Sam and Bud. And I didn't want to ask them. I thought, well, you know what? I've got a master's degree from the University of Arkansas, so I can figure this out. And I thought, you know, I had a statistics class. And in that statistics class, they taught us regression analysis. So I went to the accounting department. You know, we had 70-something stores. I said, I want the top 40 stores in terms of sales volume. So they printed it off for me. And so I had the towns and I had the volume. And then I thought, okay, what's important? I went to the library and got uh, census data for those five states. And I picked up a book called uh, Editors and Publishers. And they had a lot of information about uh, towns and, and states and stuff like that. So then I thought, okay, now what I need to do is I need to figure out what these 40 stores have in common that make their sales volume so high. So I took a spreadsheet and I listed all 40 towns. Then I took the, the, the top column, went along linearly and, and started listing things that I thought might be important to determine what town you should go to. 
And then I took and I did the regression analysis by hand. It took me all day. I remember taking all day to get that done. So let me ask you, what, what are some examples of variables that you used, independent variables? Well, I don't remember what all they were, but I had about 20 of them across there. But when I ran the regression analysis, Matt, I came up with there was only five factors that all of these successful stores had in common. Population in the town, population in the county, retail sales in the county, disposable income in the county, and competition. That was it. Uh, you know, business analytics and analytics in general are really popular right now. Universities putting a lot of effort into developing it. But today, still, regression analysis is one of the key tools in a data scientist toolbox. So you were probably the first person at Walmart to apply data analytics. Probably at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but the other thing that's really interesting about this is that you, you were so confident in what you were doing, you kept, you kept going anyway. Uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that. Uh, I know you, you didn't want to quit because you had a family and all, but still, you know, I think a lot of people might back up then and say, okay, well, I'm not going to use this. I'm going to back off on that. But you kept moving forward with it. Well, I was, I was very convinced that uh, these were the five factors that uh, all of these stores, successful stores had in common. When it comes to location, store location strategies, the story about Sam flying around the plane is one that's the most well-known. And I'm sure it was a great way to do it, especially early on, but it's not very scalable. Your approach is certainly was scalable. Well, I've always used that approach. If I can give you an example of something I did when I was uh, director of marketing research for Cooper. Cooper Communities would buy names of people from R.H. Uh, Donnelly or somebody like that up in Chicago. And they would buy names of people in just different different states that uh, they knew wanted to come to Arkansas and retire. But they didn't know anything about the people that they were inviting. So they said, come on, Tom, we're going to go up and buy names. I said, okay. So I went up and went with them, and, and, uh, and I was watching them buy names. And, and so I pulled the guy aside that, was, uh, that we'd gone up to meet with, and I said, tell me this. I said, can you... Can you break this down by age group, by income, and, you know, all this? I started giving him, you know, just some demographic. Can you break it down by this? And he says, oh, yeah, we got that ability. So I went back to Bentonville, and uh, I told my wife, I said, listen, babe, I said, what I'm going to go do is, I said, I'm not going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the evenings. I'm going to be calling people. I'm going down to the office. So I got the names and telephone numbers of, uh, I don't know how many people, but a whole lot of people that had that had uh, purchased property at Bella Vista. So I called them up. And this is 1971. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I called them up, and uh, and I'd tell them I'm so and so, and I'm with Bella Vista Village, and. I'm going to do. A, I'm doing a survey about the people that bought property from us, and so I would ask them, "How old you are? How soon do you plan to retire? Why did you buy the property? How much money do you make?" 
when I asked that question, I was expecting none of your business. Almost everybody told me with <laughs> great pride how much money they made. And so I came up with a sheet that said, this is the profile of somebody that buys property. So the next year we went up to Chicago to buy names. I told everybody on the trip, I said, listen, we're not buying names the way we did in the past. I have the profile of the people that buy property. These are the type of people whose names we're going to buy. You've always had an analytical approach yeah. to these things. Yeah. I mean, you know, there had to be a reason behind everything. <laughs> that is so amazing. Tom, as we close up this session, what advice do you have for our students? When I look at people that have uh, done well in life, and I think back to my military experience, I think back to people I've known in business, and the type of people I always like to hire. Was, I like people that uh, are self-starters, that have initiative, they're risk takers. The risks they take are not foolish risks. They like to think through it, analyze it. They need to think that what they're doing is going to be successful, and they have to have thought through the process. But then once you've done that and you've convinced yourself that, hey, you know, what I'm, what I'm thinking to do is the right thing to do. And so you got to have the courage to step up and do what, what you think is the right thing to do. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast. And now, Be Epic. Be Epic.